0: I'm sure now I'll see your, you everywhere. I do end up seeing people after they come onto the show. It's like, oh, right, you were already in the connection of the Boko tree, right? Is that what Vonnegut calls it? Mm. Uh, right? Slaughterhouse 5? No, Cat's Cradle, where he's talking about the Bokenon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 The yeah, Bokanon? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. Sorry.
2: <laughs> you really took me back to skipping reading that book in 10th grade
3: (laughs) so many so
0: many so many damn books welcome welcome one and all to so many damn books i am christopher i'm drew and we have laura blackett and eve gleichman joining us in the zoom damn library hyperspace multiverse thank you so much for joining us I'm going to read this little bio. Uh, Laura Blackett is a woodworker and writer based in Brooklyn. Eve Gleichman's short stories have appeared in the Kenyon Review, the Harvard Review, Bomb Daily, and elsewhere. Eve is a graduate of Brooklyn College's MFA Fiction Program and also lives in Brooklyn. You both are neighbors, which is cool. Helpful for writing, I'm sure.
1: Yes, yeah, that's that's how we met. We uh, We moved into the same apartment building like eight years ago um and became kind of fast friends uh eve invited a cute friend of mine to their housewarming party and my friend was like you gotta come we have to go and and we did and even and i became friends and we started trading dinners in the building and um over the years we've like both moved around brooklyn a little bit and have always somehow landed like within a few blocks of one another um sometimes coincidentally and sometimes not um like i just moved kind of close to eve because <laughs>
2: I miss them. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> nicest, nicest thing anybody has ever done for me. Um, but yeah, like I I, I really um, think of us as neighbors. I mean, I, like we're very good friends now, but I always have to stop myself from introducing you to people as my neighbor. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, I feel I like it's kind of an unusual relationship in New York City, you know, everyone yeah. has blinders on. So yeah, they usually hate their I neighbors. Yeah, right, right. Neighbors are usually a sensitive subject, but
0: yeah, (laughs) I always, you know, I'm too, um, I'm too influenced by friends. I think I just thought like we would, I would eventually like make, yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought I would like end up being friends with someone across the hall or below me or something, and no, didn't (laughs)
2: try or were you waiting? I've tried.
0: I've tried. I've baked cookies. I tried that route. I you tried can- sharing my internet with someone who hadn't hadn't gotten their internet <laughs> sh- shared yet, Aww. you know. That didn't work. And then either. you had
3: your identity stolen.
0: Yeah. And- <laughs> you shared your credit card number. And that was just not, that was not neighborly. That, <laughs> I'm going to say that that was not a neighborly thing to do. <laughs>
2: I'm sorry about that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, it seems like so much better to find a friend and writing partner and trade dinners. Like that's what I was hoping for. Um, And it's so cool that it has happened. Like. If it didn't happen for me, I'm glad it happened for you. Too. Oh, thank you.
1: That's the spirit. I hope you at least got a giant apartment for almost no money out of the deal. <laughs>
0: uh, okay. What do what? How do we do this show? We've been, now you uh... tell us what the the glowing oh, cocktail the glowing...
3: vessel in front of us is. The Ark of the Covenant.
0: I tried to make this cocktail as close as possible to recording and it still didn't work um, because the first thing that I was thinking of, first of all, it's called the very nice cocktail, uh, which is inspired by the book, which is what you're here to talk about the very nice box. And so the very nice box deals with design and designing furniture and simplicity. And so I was thinking like, first of all, I wanted to, I have these two inch um, ice trays that are just enormous cubes of ice. And I was like, okay, there's my very nice box ice cube. (laughs) (laughs) And so that has now melted down and is not as striking as when I first made it. Uh, But so it's an actual, um, the Pegu Club sadly closed over the Pandemic uh had this cocktail called the fifty fifty martini, which I thought that um Ava would love because it's a very simple but very effective cocktail where instead of just a like a lot of gin and just like a whisper of vermouth, which is the way a lot of people make a martini, it's actually equal parts which I thought she would really like where it's wow. just one part gin, one part dry vermouth, and then one part one dash uh, citrus bitters and then. I also put in one dash of CBD bitters, which is another reference to a, a cafe that you made up in your.
2: Hey, like, you know, any, she could use any drink and,
1: but this one, especially with the CBD, <laughs> that was just like so incredibly thoughtful. And I love that the, that it started with a perfect ice cube. Like, oh, that is so good. I was trying to imagine like what you would, come up with and I obviously couldn't even get close. I, I thought like potentially there would be some like wild Scandinavian liquors in there. Um, <laughs> so simple, simple. I want one. <laughs>
0: um, so the the way that I've done this and and uh, I mean martinis and ice people you want to shake them really cold but I um I mixed this before adding ice and poured it over the ice cube so that the ice could chill it as it comes down. and there's a there's a great little uh, restaurant near me, Hunky Dory which I absolutely love. And they do, they put ice in their martinis. I've never seen it before in in a martini that was served. And it just made it such a more drinkable, like a more pleasant experience. I'm not the biggest like straight martini fan. I like a really dirty martini if I'm going to have one. But so this is like my favorite new way of having one. And so that is, um, and I would love to make one for you someday. It's a
2: That is like the best pitch for a martini I've ever heard. I
0: I feel like this is the gateway drug martini. And then like, once you know what this tastes like, then you can really graduate and get into the harder stuff. Yes,
1: I feel like, you know, this is really good because I had one too many martinis last night, and this is really appetizing to me even after that. Wow. So, oh yeah. Um, we, had, <laughs> we went to Honey's last night. I don't know if you've ever been, but they have a really cool martini that I'm gonna forget the name of, but it uses pasteurized like seawater, and it's briny and amazing. Oh. Yeah, that's that's what I was drinking. Oh. Uh. That sounds
0: great.
1: <laughs> it was really good. Yeah, and I've heard really good things about Hunky Dory, but I've I've never been.
0: Um, oh, you gotta so, go. Yeah, it's so. a, it's really cool. And also, you know, it's funny that you mentioned seawater. This gin is um, has sea kelp in it cool uh, it's this wow. california gin that i'm far too obsessed with i keep buying <laughs> bottles of it uh gray Will. incredible i was so inspired by your book to make a fun and um designy cocktail I also wanted it to be clear I just thought that like a clear cocktail is something Ava would appreciate wow.
1: thank I'm thank so much. impressed and touched yeah I, I feel like surprisingly
2: moved by this yeah <laughs> <laughs> like, my day could end now
0: <laughs> well we've got a lot more show left um the next thing that we talk about <laughs> is is uh you know Capitalism in its in its truest form. Buying <laughs> <sense>. <laughs> yeah,
3: buying books and other things.
0: So, what did you buy, uh, Drew? Why don't you start us off? Sure. I have a book and
3: a non-book. The book is Matt Bell's newest, called Appleseed. Uh, I spend some of my time up here in the Catskills working for abandoned hard cider. And so I've been like kind of enmeshed in the apple, apple picking. I'm going to plant some apple trees in my yard. And I've, I've been a fan of Matt's for a long time and I'm really excited about, it's like three narratives, one in the 1800s, a brother, two brothers. One of them is a fawn are planting apple orchards 50 years from now as like climate collapse is accelerating and then way, way, way in the future after like another ice age. And somehow, I don't know, these three plots are going to entwine. I'm very excited to figure it out. It's like a big chunky summer read. I'm stoked to read it while sipping on cider at work. Um, But the other one, it, I got the shipping notification for it today. And I thought that maybe it was Taryn uh, Laura and Eve's publicist for the folks at home who might not know, sending something weird to me. Because I get this email that's just like, your very good box has shipped. And I was like, that's almost, but not quite the thing. Yeah. What? And then I remembered that uh, like two weeks ago, I. So um, my wife, when we met, she was vegetarian and she's since lapsed a bit, but we're still trying to figure out how to like move away from eating meat and i kept getting fed these instagram ads for the very good butcher and they are they're bean butchers oh no and they have like a sampler box called the very good box that (laughs) i i I ordered stoned drunk in the middle of the night at some point in the last several (laughs) weeks and it shipped today
2: and i was like what is oh so i'm very
3: excited to check that out
2: is this just like beans in various sports? What it, yeah, what it, and
3: what does yeah, it what mean the, to be a bean butcher? Okay, so in, like, the, in the box, it's uh, pepperoni, uh, two types of burgers. One is like a smoked burger and the other is sort of a more regular burger. Some like taco ground beef sort of situation and uh, like a breakfast sausage, like a British banger breakfast sausage mm-hmm. and then like a spicy chorizo sausage. And I think if you've had a uh, field roast sausages at any point, I feel like it's in that vein where it's like, we're going to add a bunch of spices, throw a bunch of protein in there and you'll almost think it's pork chorizo, <laughs> but you'll also know,
2: you'll know. <laughs> we all know, we all
3: know, but yeah. I'm excited. It, it, they have great reviews and uh, listen, their Instagram campaign worked so.
1: <laughs> and now we'll be getting them too yeah
3: <laughs> um okay eve how about you um
2: i just made a big purchase that um i'm really excited about but i don't know that anybody else will be excited but i'm going to tell you about it what anyway. are you going to say <laughs> uh i bought a stove i bought a, like, a gas oh, a gas range that's Whoa. right um i spent so many <laughs> so many cumulative hours looking at reviews of stoves I don't even cook that much you know yes you do well I was in the reddit space where I shouldn't have been you know Mm -hmm. like I was in the Mm -hmm. space where like chefs were and I got got no, (laughs) you know like they were comparing you know when like you just go down the whole the rabbit hole (laughs) to be clear so far that like you I don't know like the reviews. I was. I, I, it was not for me. I'm an amateur. I'm, I didn't need to be, like, you know, concerned about the BTU power of the <laughs> right, burner or the, you know, right. Um, uh, whether it had dual fuel or not. But now I know a lot about stoves. Um, and now you can become a professional. Now I'm forced to become a professional based on how much money I just spent on the stove. <laughs> um, it's a it's a GE Cafe. Oh yeah. Um and I think those look really good for what it's Yeah, that was part of it. There's a lot of um like I learned that there's a, there are a lot of really good looking um ranges and I, I kept seeing the same sentence that was good for looking but not for cooking. <laughs> like it turns wow. out that's you know are they're just really they're either really ugly or they're really good looking but you but you can't have a really good looking, well functioning range.
0: Wow. Yeah. Hey,
2: prove me wrong.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so um that's that's pretty one, and then I and then I I um a b- debut published the same day as ours by Emily Austin called um Everyone in this room will someday be dead. Mm. Um, and that's that's a book that I'm really looking forward to about um a queer woman who it's kind of a mess and accidentally um accepts a job as a receptionist at a catholic church
1: oh. and I, i'm excited yeah <laughs> I read that one too yeah cool um yeah it, laura yeah turn?
4: yeah <laughs>
1: um well okay so i guess like a non-book by the first thing that's coming to mind is uh, I bought a bolo tie recently oh, um, cool. yeah you haven't seen it yet no but our next event I think I'll be wearing it but thank I was, you for the warning yeah <laughs> I'm also going to be a completely different person yeah. at the event and you should just prepare yourself yeah um I was out on this I was out on the island and I went to a really wild antique store like kind of junk store everything was piled really high it was really overwhelming and I was looking for a chair and I was there with my girlfriend who knew that I was on the lookout for a bolo tie and she just like set foot inside saw it first thing and it was like kind of criminally cheap i think it's real sterling silver and like an onyx and it was like 40 bucks cool. um, so i'm really excited i'll wear it when i see you and have that drink
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> perfect
1: and uh as far as books go i think i'm really late to the game on this one but i just picked up uncanny valley um a memoir by anna wiener and um yeah it's been recommended to me for for a long time cuz i worked in the tech industry, and then it's been recommended, especially since I've been talking about this, our book with people. Um, but yeah, so it's it's a, it's a memoir about her experience working in the tech industry, having left publishing and the kind of um, wildness of that landscape.
0: Awesome.
3: Cool. All right, Christopher, bring us home.
0: Oh, right, yeah, it's my turn. Uh, y'all inspired me to share a thing that I was, I did so much comparison shopping similarly, I was comparison shopping for too long and ended up. I I wanted to buy a like a synthesizer or like a beat maker, and Ooh. so I, uh, I find and I've played with them before, but I've never actually just sat down and bought a new box. And so I bought this. It's called the Korg Volca Sample Two. I guess that's the second version of it. And it's this little box. It's like about that big, uh, but it's got a lot of power and. The first time that I was sitting down to use it, I was like, oh, I'm going to sit down for maybe, like, just gonna figure this out and then look up and it's three and a half hours have passed. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, apparently this is just a, a hole where you throw all your time.
2: Yeah. Um, I love that feeling, though. Oh, while it was you amazing. Were, while you yeah. were doing that, I was on Reddit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I, I was on Reddit too before I got this like people fighting over whether or not those are actually good. Um, and so it's really, really fun. Uh, I have, I'm meaning to use them as transition new transition music for this show. So maybe I will debut one of the new beats. Ooh, as we yeah. move into the next thing. Uh, the other thing I'm gonna mention a book that I got, I'm I'm really excited about this. It's um, it's I think it's a YA book. It's called Hanging Out with CC. By Francine Pascal. It's a few, it's pretty old. And it's about um this 13-year-old who's like, I could never imagine what it was like for my mom to be a kid. And then she bops her head. And instead of it being like a freaky Friday thing, she time travels to the same year that her mom was 13 and they become friends.
4: <laughs>
0: and so I'm very, very and I love. I love like 13 going on 30 and big. And like, I, I love the sort of genre of being younger or being older suddenly. Um, yeah. And it. This, is, this was in one of those threads where people were talking about like, why didn't this get made into a movie? Like, this is so much more fun than like a Freaky Friday sort of experience. Um, and so, yeah, I'm really excited to check it out. So that's, that sounds awesome. Yeah. yeah,
1: it sounds really, really nice.
0: But you know what else sounds nice <laughs> is, <laughs> hey. is the very nice box. Uh, will you tell our listeners uh, about the book and, and what it's about?
1: So the very nice box is a kind of suspenseful take on an opposites attract rom-com about a queer woman and a tech bro. Um, it's, uh, it, it features a very buttoned up,
2: Waldorf, um, serious, brilliant engineer, Ava, and, uh, and Matt Putnam, who is um, sort of total opposite of that. Golden boy, charismatic, gregarious, um, uh, magnetic guy. Magnetic bro, let's just say it. <laughs> um, and together, they work at this sort of, um, I don't know, like IKEA meets uh, tech company in Brooklyn, um, and she is very resistant to Matt Putnam, who's her new boss, and he manages to sort of wriggle his way into her life um, for better or for worse. <laughs> no spoilers. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that I that's that's a fantastic summary. And it was so surprising and winning. And it made me wonder, writing together, what your reading partnership was like before you even started writing like did you share books with each other did you talk books you know what what was it like before you started writing if there was a before time or did you meet and start working together immediately
1: no that's a really good question there was definitely a before time there was a very long before time um, and we never had sort of like a book club. I don't think that we really would trade, but I do remember that we traded some of our creative writing with each other a really long time ago. Like too early. I now, which I now cringe. <laughs> I, I it was. I'm not even going to talk about it. Um, <laughs> and you know, like as you were asking that question, I was like kind of thinking about what are the things that we were sharing back and forth, and it was very much like screenshots of subway ads that were like really good or really bad or kind of both at the same time i think it was like texts from infuriating texts from my landlord <laughs> love letters like it was a lot of like observational humor and like curiosity about pe- the people in our lives and
2: yeah and like it would go from like uh, it would go from these really tiny observations like like you know sending a photo of the inside of our refrigerator (laughs) and being like why did my roommate organize the eggs in this particular way like it would be like a row of eggs and then next to the eggs would be like a bowl with an egg in it (laughs) (laughs) Why? what is happening here yeah and i think in general like the question there's always a question mark at the end of whatever we were you know it wasn't like we were trash talking people right it was just like who do you have to be to make this choice and it applied to like aesthetic choices design choices um you know copywriting for subway ads Mm -hmm. strange behaviors from landlords colleagues friends But in general, they sort of all fell into the category of small crimes. Like,
1: mm. um, can you think of an example? Yeah, or like, I guess broadly, it's like a moment when someone is so focused on their own self-interest that they like stumble past a social boundary that's not even that important, but that really, and, and individually, like, don't even make for good stories but when you start to see that pattern in people it like starts to feel really loud so an example i guess um an example of this would be like uh if you left something out on the street for free and your neighbor took it and then sold it at a yard sale like that's just not right <laughs> that's a small crime yeah that's a small crime or
2: like you're invited to a dinner and the host asks you to buy the fish that's going to be featured at the dinner, like the main
1: protein. The yeah, meal, you know, like I what? Know. No, that's, that's a small thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think, like you've said, it, it was less like it was less about complaining about the people around us, and more just like really being really curious about why they were the way they were, what this behavior was like, getting them, and and how it was helping them kind of glide through, um, glide through life and um, this is like a long way of answering your question
2: which is that like we were reading each other's content. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like we were, like constantly yeah like we were we were and and it was all the the common denominator was like can you believe this? Mm-hmm. And like <laughs> how can we find out more about mm-hmm. this mystery? And I think those those small crimes um were the basis for the character of Matt Platinum. you know like mm. we that's kind of like they they created this sort of fertile environment from from which
1: that putnam grew yeah it was like we sort of collected all of these like feelings and anecdotes and stories and like just tossed them into the character and figured out how to like tweak it and make it work along the way so Uh, what
3: what happened in there that caused that like flipped that switch where the two of you said oh we're going to write a thing to like, it's going from just sharing these anecdotes and building up that swamp from which Matt came into the world. Like, where was the moment where you realized, Oh, I think we're creating something.
2: Well, I was writing short stories and I, I always felt really loyal to the short story. I always felt like I could never write a novel that like, I just didn't have the attention span for a novel that I, I didn't have the endurance for a novel and I think I just thought that I would actually really like to write a novel. Oh, also the image I had of a novelist was sort of like, there was a lot of suffering involved. Like I think writers can be scared away from writing, writing novels because it's like, oh, the absolute misery of cranking out <laughs> novel. like suffering and feeling bad for yourself and drinking scotch. And- That's what I
3: was talking about in therapy today. Yeah.
2: <laughs> All right, uh, and I just, I was really determined to not have a bad experience. Like I didn't want to be miserable. <laughs> and, um, and I just kind of knew we had collaborated on other things before that had nothing to do with writing, like building stuff or cooking. And I just, I just had this gut feeling having seen Laura's writing from those first Months of our friendship, <laughs> which we're not going to discuss yeah.
4: today.
1: I yeah. <laughs> like college poetry. Yeah. I just had like,
2: yeah, I just had a feeling that like we could, we could create something really fun and and collaborative and and, and like have a have a good time doing it and not be like strapped to the what it, you know like strapped, strapped to what? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, what's the <laughs> expression? Strapped to the desk. Strapped um, to the beast. Especially. Yeah, I don't know. But you know, <laughs> like I just I didn't want to I didn't want to be miserable and I I wanted to have fun. And like, like that's that's always how it felt. Um like there were so many highs in this collaboration, and I can't think of really a single low moment for us except for when we were locked out of our Google Doc. Oh yeah.
1: Oh. Yeah.
2: Mm. Uh, that was dark.
3: Horror.
1: Yeah, I think all of that is that all of that, all of that is very true. Um it was really fun. We, you know, collaborated on like various small building projects and I like I really like the cooking example. I think that's a collaboration too. Um the project fit into like our friendship and the way that we'd like to spend time together really well. Like we would plan out a few chapters ahead at a time over dinner and we were already kind of having regular every other week kind of dinners already and so it just felt really it felt really um comfortable and and fun and I, I I, wish I could, like, remember the moment that I, Eve was like, we should do this together, or we should try. And I was like, I could try, like, sure. Um, yeah. And I, I just remember feeling really, like, really open to any outcome, including it not working out. And mm-hmm. I feel really, like, I'm thrilled that it did. I think that, like, every part of this so far has been the best part. And, like, that's <laughs> oh. amazing. That is so that's- nice. It's um, so sweet. But I guess sort of mechanically, like we we wrote the novel in Google Docs and we would just we would pass it back and forth and each take a chapter at a time. And um that was like a real highlight. Like if yeah, what we were reading at the time was like each other's content. So like getting each chapter was like my the favorite, the best part of my month. Wow. Um and at a certain point we did break Google Docs, which I would say was the real low point. <laughs> some sort of invisible comment limit. And apparently once that happens, they lock you out of the document. So I think we had just finished our first draft and then we couldn't be in there for any longer than three seconds. Yeah, and it was like a window would pop up as soon as you got in that was like, no, no, no. Yeah, oh God, I like, I'm sweating just thinking about it. Um, but yeah, during one of those three second intervals one of us was able to like copy and paste the entire thing and put it into like Microsoft Word or something responsible. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> an absolutely awful
2: moment. Yeah. But you know even if we had lost the document it still would have been worth it. Like oh <laughs> <fun>. <laughs> like you know we could go to a party and be like oh yeah we we wrote a novel together and they'd be like sure you did. Like, <laughs>
1: yeah. like can we read it and we would say no, no. And neither can we <laughs> can't do either. Yeah. No,
0: I mean like you know there there's a there's a rich history of novelists throwing their novel in the fire when they're through with it so you know it's it's the digital flames yeah (laughs) there's
2: also like um um I remember reading listening to I can't remember what but Murakami like wrote a a novel and then put it in the mail like wrote hand wrote a novel and then dropped it in the mail for like a contest and he won the contest but like he just put it in the mail like it could have been it
0: yeah that's yeah
2: well, fact check that, but I think that's true. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you you created such a world because it's Brooklyn, but it's it's these sideways sideways details that I really appreciated. Like you have you have Stada instead of IKEA, you have um, bark instead of Wag. <laughs> you know, uh, Shrink, which could be like BetterHelp or any of these um, app uh, therapy apps that are coming out. And I, I just love that sort of creation of a sideways universe. Can you talk about creating that and, and why it's like Brooklyn, but not Brooklyn?
1: I mean, to be honest, I kind of thought that we would have to make every detail up. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure he has a uh, much better answer to that question. The threat of lawsuits <laughs> was like, hanging right over
2: us. Yeah. No, I, I think like we we're just in such a generative space. Also, in addition to being fearful of lawsuits. Um, no, we we like, we wanted to, like we wanted to, first of all, these, these apps um, and services are appearing so frequently, like, I'll see, I'll see an app, an advertisement for an app on the subway, and then it runs for six weeks and then I never hear about that
1: ever again. I'm like, where did you go? Right. There's like, there is this like constant renewal of these types of companies that we see and encounter all the time in New York. And so I, yeah, I mean, my real answer, I guess, is that it was really fun to imagine, to imagine companies that basically exist, basically don't exist, could exist tomorrow. Um, It's funny. Like there's one, one app that I thought we came up with. Called one shampoo? Is it called one shampoo? No, it's pros in the book, but I think no, wait, no, that's real life. Oh shit! Basically, (laughs) (laughs) wait, it's one shampoo in the book, and it's pros in real life.
2: Basically, yeah, we 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 thought we had invented this shampoo that was like personalized to your, you know, you take a little personality test, (laughs) you get a shampoo, and then lo and behold, (laughs) there's a are we allowed to curse? I don't know. Yeah, we, there, yeah. uh, there is an ad on the subway for what we had written about. It yeah. just um, so I think there there was just because we had spent so much time looking at these ads, and some of them were just so bad. You know, like the, <laughs> the copywriting was so bad. You know, the, this is an aside, but like I just re- you know recently started taking the subway more, and I've been looking at ads, the ads for Google Pay. And oh. they're they're the they're they're terrible. I mean, I don't know if you hate <laughs> them, but they're poems, and like they oh. badly need to hire oh, yeah.
0: somebody a who poet. is
2: <laughs> not even a poet, it's like like it's a lower bar than yeah. it's like somebody who can count syllables. Mm. And so just like I'm I was taking, you know, and reading these these um poems that just don't work rhythmically, the the rhymes don't quite work, but it's not on purpose like it really brought me back to this place of, of um, you know, re- re- commuting to work, looking at these subway ads, texting Laura and being like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> and, and then being like, you know, I bet we could, we could come up with something that's, you know, I guess mm-hmm. that's where
1: the satire comes in. It's like we're gonna right. we're gonna turn the volume up even a little bit more than it, it is in real life. Yeah, it was it was fun, and I think it like ultimately served us well to basically turn it into a game between the two of us. Like mm-hmm. I feel like we were just constantly like pitching each other these like ridiculous, um, ridiculous ads and companies. And there's so, one
2: that like I really would listen. It, it was a podcast we made up called The Feel. Oh yeah, and The Feel is all about knobs and like, you know, you know when you just like touch a, touch a like volume knob that are like, and it's perfect and it's just like yep. you know, heavy and smooth. Oh, I would listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we give, we, we, we at, at a certain point, Ava is listening to The Feel, which is about knobs. And I was like, oh, I would, you know, some of them are just really seductive. And yeah. you know, so it was fun to come up with those.
1: Oh, I mean, in another, this doesn't have to do with Brooklyn specifically, but it's one of one of my favorite things that we made up was um, this like dating show called Hotspot where people have to like pick their date based solely on their phone settings, which yeah. like, I would absolutely watch that. So I feel like we were playing a game between us with like the subway ads and like actually trying to imagine content that we would want to consume with like the media that's kind mm-hmm. of floating around this environment. Um, totally and it was that was honestly i'm actually i'm really i'm glad you asked that question because i'm remembering that that was like one of my favorite parts of this project
0: i i i love novels that are set uh now in like the amorphous now and having characters like listen to podcasts and you know mm-hmm. interact with the reality as it is i feel like that there's a um there's an instinct or 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 just a crutch to maybe I'll just set this in 2007. You know, like, where it's just like, <laughs> I'm gonna set this before it got all super crazy. Yeah. And I, I think that it's cool. That it's it definitely feels much more of the here and now as much as it's sideways.
3: It really threw me back to working in an office. Like I so I left my office job in fall 2019. And then the pandemic happened. And so I haven't I haven't had like dedicated colleagues but my I I worked at the same place for the better part of a decade and some of the people who I worked with as I was reading this book I just was like texting them and being like hey guys <laughs> like, there's 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 such a lovely um such a lovely sense of the camaraderie that comes out of an office space that I feel mm-hmm. like often gets brushed aside or People focus on the like, offices are shitty, bosses are bad. And this book, I feel like, and even hearing you two talk as friends, I'm like, oh, right. You guys got the the friendship that happens by virtue of seeing each other 40 hours a week in the same space.
2: I, I think we wanted... Um, we wanted there to be a lot of warmth in the novel everywhere. So mm-hmm. like, even... <laughs> Without, without giving anything away, like even, <laughs> even the worst characters, I think we we like provided a little padding. Yeah, um, and like, and I think that was true of the office too. In that, like, we weren't just skewering office culture
1: purely. Mm-hmm.
2: Like, there's something really. Um, Fun and seductive and like comfortable about these offices that we're writing about. Like, yeah, you do kind of want to be there. You do want to drink that wellness water that's like with fruits and like. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's like nicer than any hotel you could afford to stay in. And Mm -hmm. there's like real luxury there. Um, And so, yeah, I think it was important to make Stata a a really appealing environment, but also with a kind of an edge, especially for Ava um, or kind of maybe a more sinister side. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was also fun to imagine or to sort of like give Ava some like misconceptions about her coworkers, like,
4: mm-hmm.
1: um, and, and just, I'm, I mean, it's been a long time since I, like any of us have been in an office and, um, I'm just kind of reminded of like that coworker you just see from a distance for five years that you don't really know anything about that you kind of, without trying, have a, your own sort of story for, and you could be way off or you could be right.
0: Something else that was completely groundbreaking for me while I was reading the book that I'd never seen before was your handling of this character who is having a um, heterosexual relationship after having a queer relationship. Like, and I've just never seen that before. Of the like, that sort of switch, and I just think that that's really cool that you you put that on the page. And I'd love to hear about writing it.
2: I think that um, we, you know, we put Ava through so much. <laughs> you
4: did. Yeah.
2: Like we, you know, when we were when we were reading a draft of the novel, I remember Laura just saying to me, like, Jesus, we Lord, Are we okay? Is she yeah. <laughs> okay? Like she really goes through the ringer. And um and I think her queerness was just an area where we wanted her to be free. And, um, and we didn't want to make this a fraught coming out story or a, a story about her own anxieties, about her sexuality, and like, what does it mean that I'm with a man? Because um, those are just sort of ambient, I think. All, I, I just We didn't want it to, to be bogging her down too much, because she's bogged down in all these other ways.
1: It was like there wasn't enough
2: room for that.
1: Right. Right. And we didn't want other people, you know, other characters or the, yeah, or the book itself to really be putting her under a microscope. And some like really nice feedback that we heard that I really love is that like, her, I mean, her. It, this is just all a way of saying that like her being with Matt doesn't invalidate her queerness or her past relationships. And, um, and I just, I felt, I feel like that was like a gift that we gave her and it was, it was really, it was nice. It was nice to do.
2: Yeah. I, I worried that, um that readers would be like so
1: wait is she gay or what <laughs> and you know, some, you know some are i feel like i've been I've, I've i've been having a lot of fun reading like some of the goodreads comments and like find seeing all of the different ways that people try to like label ava's sexuality and the, you know there's there are so many different ways you could say it and all of them exist on in the goodreads comments
2: So <laughs> 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 yeah oh. But I think more off more, you know, for every one person who's like, so what's up, what's the deal? Like is she a lesbian or not? Right. Um, there are like 10 people who are like, you know, I really identified with her sexuality. Yeah. I guess I am, you know, my queerness is more complex than I gave it credit for. I, I just I think she represents um more people than we even thought she would.
1: Yeah.
3: There are some fun subversions of certainly readers' expectations, but I mean, even when you introduced it, you sort of described the book as a rom com. But there are there are these things that keep happening that that shift it and that move it that it was so fun to experience that because it did it kept you having to reassess your own biases, the way that you look at the world in the ways that you're seeing these characters and at moments where you're like, Oh, I understand that. Yeah. This kind of makes sense. Oh, the good guys. Yeah. I could see how, Oh God, no, it's horrifying. (laughs) Sort of that shift.
4: Mm -hmm.
3: And was that, were you, did you come into this book thinking that you would sort of want to do that and, and go for that satire lens, the subversion lens, or did that sort of come out of creating these characters and and bouncing them off of each other
1: I think the latter I don't think that we knew I don't I there's so much that we didn't know when we just were starting out I don't think we knew that it was going to be a funny book I don't we <laughs> weren't setting out to write a satire and we really started with Ava and um her sort of quirks and neuroses and her just her sort of um I don't know what's the right word just she's just so restrained in so many ways and she's just trying to get by. And then we had to get really curious about her and her backstory. And we had to imagine a world that would create friction for her and a, and a, and like a love interest that would create friction for her. But a lot of the twists that happened throughout the book, we didn't really know when we were setting out. And I actually think that that really helps kind of develop the romantic comedy side of things. And especially in the first half of the book, Um, I think we kind of had to forget, um, we had to forget it all to-, uh, to Yeah,
2: we, we had to forget the suspense. We had to forget that we we had sort of vague twists in mind. We didn't really know what they were gonna be, but we knew that it was gonna get twisted. Um, but I, I think we had to sort of fall for this romance yeah. and fall for Matt in order for those twists to actually work. Um, and at no point, I mean, we we were plotting about three chapters ahead and even then, the collaboration required a lot of flexibility of like, okay, we planned on this one thing, but it's just not going to happen. Like we're, we, we're just following these characters so closely. And like, they had other plans for us. Yeah. And, um, and just like letting go, <laughs> letting go of the balloon as strength right. would say, <laughs> Yeah, just like, um, um, just trusting that we would be led somewhere really interesting and fun. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like we hadn't, we didn't we it we didn't plan to write like a gotcha, like, <laughs> like oh you thought this character was good, gotcha, like right. he's <laughs> bad. Um, because I just think that's rude to your reader to do that. And like right. I want I want readers to be, you know, George Saunders talks about like having keeping readers in your basket. And like yeah. I oh. think that's like, yeah be in the basket we you know we were surprised we weren't trying to pull a fast one um even though that's probably kind of how it reads a little bit but you know we were along for the ride too um
0: that's so cool that's so cool i mean it's it's like reading and writing together because you got to like read what the other person was writing and then be like i know what should happen next which is Mm -hmm. like (laughs) i love that You brought us this novel um with teeth by kristen arnett and and i'm curious how that read to you like knowing your process together what reading kristen's novel was like because it's like a very it's it's much more wild in some ways like there it, it's so the structure is very you know i i don't know if i could plot out the the plot points or like the central tensions, the way that I might be able to with yours. And I'm I'm curious how what what made you bring this book to us and, and what was it like reading it for you too?
2: Well we tried not to discuss it beforehand. So I oh. wait for
4: this part of it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: um, But I remember finishing the book at about 4 p.m on a weekday and then just having to take the rest of the day off work. so Like affected by it. Um, Like,
1: I was like, damn, this is a sad book. I sort of (laughs) felt like I was like on the verge of a panic attack the entire time. Um, But it is interesting. I mean, we're so, we're in with teeth, we're so stuck in Sammy's head and it feels just so different in there than it does in, in Ava's head and I just, I had fun sort of getting to know Sammy and thinking about, I mean, not to make it all about us, but thinking about how she and Ava would or wouldn't get along. And just like the chaos and the like, it's hot, she's drunk. It's like the pot keeps boiling over and over and over again. And it just like never gets better.
2: <laughs> yeah. She's really different from Ava. Yeah.
0: With teeth, I. I t- to our listeners that haven't read it or don't know it, it's a uh, it's Kristen Arnett's new novel. It's about a, a a lesbian couple who have a son together, and their son is challenging in ways that I think that kids are. I mean, kids are just challenging, I think, but he presents a um a surprising challenge, and it follows in sort of random. You don't really know. When you're going to spend a lot of time in an age of Samson, um, if it's going to be when he's two or four or sixteen, or you're 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 in many different um, age groups with him, and and it's so it's this unusual structure with a lot of time hops. And one of the things that I really loved about it was was when at the end of a chapter, um, she would slip into one of the voices of someone that. Uh, Samson and Sammy had just interacted with. So it would be a clerk at a store or a waiter or just a random person that witnessed what just happened. And I, I loved that stuff. Jamie Attenberg did it also in um, her novel, All This Could Be Yours. Mm. And it's it's a great way to like take a claustrophobic novel and sort of like give it some room to breathe. And I'm curious how that worked for you guys.
1: Yeah. I felt deeply relieved in those moments. And, and also, well, I guess I also just want to mention that I really loved the book. I really loved with Teeth and I and I read it like probably in two days flat. Um, but yeah, I found those moments really like kind of like both relieving, but also they piqued my curiosity so much about like what was going on for Samson? What is Samson's relationship with Monica yeah. like? What are their text threads like, you know? Um and it just it was it was both relieving, but it was also kind of a tease because you never you never get out of Sammy's point of view. Otherwise, you know, like there are even moments when Samson says, will say something like, you know, you never ask about my friends. And like that comment just sits there and Sammy doesn't ask about his friends. She just like it, it, it goes into the same sort of like tortured thought loops. And I just yeah, I, I thought it was really good.
2: I thought so too. And I, I, um, I love this book and I, I think she is so trapped in her own perspective. Yeah. Um, that it was important to trap us there too. Yeah.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. And it was a hard place to be. And so, um, I think it, I mean, she's a frustrating character, but you get to know her so well that I don't know, you just kind of feel what it is to be to be in the trap that she's in and to be so estranged from every everyone around her. Right.
3: Yeah, I feel like those those chapter ending moments really I wanted them to be a breath of fresh air, but they ended up almost exacerbating the tension because you you get to slip out for just a second and then you are <laughs> back in in this way of of in, I mean in some ways I can't help but I read these two books almost back to back. And so thinking about sort of the like, I, I very much relate in my personal life to Ava's desire for structure and order. And so as a result, I was thinking about her and myself as I was, and I was just like, ah, it's too much. Like I, I it reads very quickly, but it's one of the few times that I've had to put a book down and be like, nope, I need to take a break for a while. yeah yeah. i could keep reading but i
0: won't (laughs) right i mean those those voice slips end up being um almost like it's worse than you thought (laughs) like the way that it looked the way that that looked actually is like more horrifying than it it possibly did before um and i gotta say i feel like it's a rare thing for when for motherhood where you're reading a novel where the mother is maybe not doing a very good job like uh there's that sequence where she's driving the uh the the swim team and gets a a sex pick and she's like focused on it and i'm just like you're gonna i'm like (laughs) (laughs) as you're reading like i very rarely want to yell at a book but it's just like you're gonna crash the car (laughs) like yeah yeah Yeah, her, her
1: i mean sammy's sammy's motherhood is so is so bleak and like she's I mean she's she's chaotic she's messy and she is doing these things that are really um really reckless and like I think that's part of the feeling that I had throughout where I was like I was like sweating I was laughing I was crying um and I kept sort of waiting for her to like really cross the line right like I she was she was going to crash the van she was going to actually steal that kid at the end. She was gonna, you know, actually kill Monica, you know, whatever. And her neighbor was going to kill her. her whatever, yeah, right. And like, and we just never, and I feel like I wanted that to happen because I wanted her to like actually have to change. Mm-hmm.
4: And yeah. it just, kept,
1: she just kept pushing through it. And then it kind of occurred to me that maybe her like rock bottom and the the the, the actual pot boiling over was just the bite. And we, we are seeing be beneath rock bottom. I thought rock bottom was at the very end when
2: she is on painkillers and yeah. drunk and finally says what she needs to say and it's just like awful yeah it's just so awful
0: I just thought for sure that I was reading a character especially with these time jumps I thought for sure I'd get a time jump and she'd be in AA I just rarely think about that for a character I don't think like, oh, this character is headed for AA for sure.
4: I
2: like this novel made me so, think that. Yeah, and I think that like, I think it the, alcohol is like such a major part of the book. And I haven't really heard it talked about by other people <laughs> discussing yeah. the book. But I'm like worried about her, the, yeah. the character of yeah. Sammy. Like I, you know, she is touching people you know without their consent at a bar and she's driving you know her Samson has to drive her home she gets wasted oh. at like a you know i i and then the ending she's but you know um she's just not to psychoanalyze this character but like she has been estranged from her bigoted family her bigoted parents um and she she's just so so like the start of her life is loneliness and then she like cannot actually make a connection with anybody and the only way that she can get close is with alcohol it seems like Mm. Um, with monica with samson i think she's tipsy when she tries to get close to the neighbor right Um, right she tries to get close to um, women at this Gay bar, but it all alcohol is involved in all of these interactions. And without mm. it, I
1: think she's just totally alone. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, speaking of kind of being stuck with her, it's like when she had her first drink, I always wanted that first drink too with her. It's like, it's so hot. Have yeah. a cold beer. And then and then, but then stop, you know, and she, <laughs> just, doesn't, she yeah. just doesn't stop. Um, and yeah, I think she is really alone. And I I think a lot about um This like particular brand of loneliness that she feels in her family where she is having such a hard time with Samson and it's like he is kind of ruining her life she's she cannot get any joy out of that relationship and she looks and she sees Monica who isn't getting anything different from Samson but just has a totally different relationship to to Mm -hmm. that. um. I don't know, I don't want to say disappointment, but like to that difficulty, it's like, it's not ruining Monica's life and it's ruining Sammy's life. And she is like on the outside of that. And I think a lot about that kind of loneliness in this novel too.
3: Yeah, for how difficult the book is, it's also so true. Like, I I think that there are, I think that this is a, a way that many people, unfortunately, their circumstances might be different, but sort of spiritually that they end up moving through the world. And I think that was a real success of the book for me. And it's hard, particularly over the course of the last, oh, I don't know, 18 months or so. I find myself drawn towards wanting even just a hair more escapism than I ever would have admitted previously. And that this was like, oh, no, I know people like this. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's unpleasant to butt up against them in the real world. And here they are exactly like they are on the real world on the page. Yeah, and that that, I mean, it's a. In the real world,
2: it can be like, oh no, is this contagious? Like, (laughs) I don't, I don't want any of what you have. Yeah, yeah. And this is like, no, no, no. I'm gonna like bring you inside my.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I will. One thing that I will say is it is funny. Like this book is very like archly funny, and I was (laughs) like, like Kristen Arnett. Oh my God. I need to read mostly, uh, dead things. Because... You haven't
3: read mostly dead things. No, oh, you're in th- I
0: read this. Treat. I read this first. Um, and it's, it's so funny. And a lot of people are actually saying that like this book feels so different than mostly dead things. So I, yeah. I'm very curious about that. And I think that's, that's cool that, um, that's what she did. Um, but ne- like all of this talking about Ava and is now making me think about because, uh, Sammy is on apps dating apps mm-hmm. a dating an unnamed dating app the whole time and there's a par- part of the very nice box where Ava is on a dating app called Kinder um <laughs> and now I'm just thinking like what if that you know would they have would they have matched I don't think so I think <laughs> Ava would
2: have run through the hills
0: yeah I don't <laughs> think Ava
1: would have not yeah I don't think so Ava would I, not have traveled to Miami to make this happen
0: yeah no it's, no but I would have liked to see uh I, I I still feel like a date between them would be a funny yeah yeah
1: yeah <laughs> well, I don't I, know I, it's really funny so I mean we get a sense of Ava's sort like how she feels in her body just only really through her anxiety I think like you know she feels tense she like but but I I, I one thing that I was thinking about was just like how much of a sense of Sammy's body I got when I was reading this? It's like mm-hmm. she's hot. She's putting this seltzer under her legs. She's like, I just, it, I, I, I kind of loved seeing how, how different that felt and, with teeth than it did in. Yeah. The book. I don't know. And maybe that's just like the messiness and the chaos that like Ava would never allow herself. But mm-hmm. um, yeah.
2: And that like we didn't allow really our novel to have, at least in the first half, like it was so you know we were so regimented about it and like there's something I think really admirable about like you know you start with teeth and you don't know whether this is going to be a story a, a novel about a child it could be mm, you know after yeah. 50 or 75 pages it could be a novel all about a sort of like bad seed kind of kid mm. um and but structurally it's so interesting and it branches out and it's like many years pass and you don't know where you're going to jump in um next and I think that was like I don't know that was just like really cool that she um, I don't know put like that the novel was such on such a long leash mm-hmm. when we had ours like really choked <laughs> up yeah <you laughs> <know? laughs> right. yeah
0: but I want to before we you know run out of time <laughs> I want to talk about recommendations with you and and hear some more things that now that you recommended with teeth to us like what else um is exciting to you in the world
4: we read some pretty cool books we recommend you take a look. Yeah.
1: yeah i have a i have a couple recommendations um they're they're very unlike with teeth um, and very unlike the very nice box, but um, I would recommend The Ex-Girlfriend of My Ex-Girlfriend is My Girlfriend, which is like a, a lesbian, queer, dating advice kind of co- uh, k- kind of column. Um, and it's by Maddie Cord and illustrated by Kelsey Roten, who are both just like so smart and talented and cool. Um, and it's really insightful and beautiful and generous. And um, it's like a very fun read. Uh, and I've had fun kind of like reading it with friends and two friends. And um, it's also pink. It's, it's also pink. Book. That is, that is the the connection. Yeah. Ah. It's pink and it's queer. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then also my, my, my TV recommendation is um, how to with John Wilson, which is this really like funny trippy docu-series about all of the really like, tiny and surreal things that you see and experience living in New York City. Like scaffolding. Yeah, like go, like it's definitely not good for just like a passive background watch. You really have to look at it. Um, but go commit like 30 minutes of your day to the episode about scaffolding and um, and you know, you won't be sorry.
0: Cool. Yeah, that sounds great.
1: Um, I,
2: one of my favorite novels of this year I think it published this year. I have a job. This is an aside, that you probably you don't want to include, but I'm a book scout. So I read books before they're published. So sometimes when I think something came out this year, maybe it was last year. Mm. I don't know. Um, the book is, my recommendation for a book is uh, Milk Fed by Melissa Broner. Yeah. Um, which I just thought was riveting and so um, so beautifully written kind of like, it's, a, it's about um, a woman who's struggling with an eating disorder um, who kind of falls in love with um, a woman who uh, works at the frozen yogurt uh, store next to where she works. Um, and it's sort of like, it's an unlikely romance that is so surprising and funny and strange um, and I just, I love this, I love this book so much. I can um, to read it. I highly recommend it. Um, I am eating these peanuts right now that I have to recommend. <laughs> I wasn't expecting to recommend these, but- um, That's the best kind of recommendation. You know, uh, they're not for everybody. Um, Drew, they're, they're not for your wife. They're <laughs> bacon, spicy, smoky, sweet peanuts. By a company with the very catchy name CMB, going nuts. Right, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they taste great. I'm into them. Uh-huh. They're yeah, they're right
0: here. I love a snack recommendation.
2: Laura likes them. They're mm-hmm. they're 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 made with maple syrup and bacon.
1: They have kind of all the flavors. Cool. Uh, like, but it is also a little bit like I cooked bacon two days ago in a pan, and now I'm drunk and I've I've poured some peanuts in there and sort of given them a shake.
4: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: um, who's complaining about that? Um, and then lastly, I think I'm late to this party, but I just started um, season three of Master of None with Lena oh, yeah. Waithe. Mm-hmm. And I've, j- I've only watched the first episode, but I feel like I could rewatch that episode like four or five times. It's so beautiful. It's... um. It's so beautiful. the The writing is is uh, these are such bland words. The writing is incredible. The shots are like long and beautiful. It's set in uh, I think it's set really in the castles or up upst- in the in the Hudson Valley. Mm-hmm. Although I don't think it's shot there. It's way too foggy mm-hmm. to be. I think it's polished, like <laughs> England. Yeah. Um, but I highly recommend the first episode. I can't speak for, for the rest of the show. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's on my list. So
0: nice. Drew, do you want to recommend something now? Sure. I
3: have been uh, working on a new show uh, in conjunction with the folks over at Tor Books. And it's been fun to really, like, dive into um, the front list from a publisher who's, like, my childhood. Like, reading, you know, Tor paperbacks is how I grew to love fantasy and science fiction. And... Everything I read for them has been amazing, but the the book that I just finished that I can't stop thinking about is Nevo's The Chosen and the Beautiful, which mm-hmm. is a retelling of The Great Gatsby from Jordan Baker's point of view. And she is um, a queer Asian adoptee. She has some ability with paper magic. Gatsby has maybe made a deal with the devil. It is this like brilliant slipstream magic version of New York that I want to replace Gatsby with this book. Like Gatsby is one of those books that I still, I think it still mostly holds up. And it's one of the few that I'm like, yeah, it's okay for youths to read that and not something else. But now that I've read this, I'm like, well, maybe, uh, Maybe it served its time, and Fitzgerald's story can go graciously into that good night, like Charles Dickens's Oliver Twist did in place of Oliver.
4: Mm. For
2: mm. me, anyway. You know, you are the second person to recommend
1: this book to us during an interview. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, we'll have oh. to. Um, we'll definitely have to check it out. It's we also j- learned that the what it was like the ip for gatsby is up for is up so get ready like yep. buckle up for all of the adaptations and stuff yeah
3: yeah it uh this year it, yeah. this is like a big year gatsby mrs dalloway mm. um oh wow i think the little prince is this year or next year it's like all of a sudden Big things are about to start. Yeah,
4: <laughs>
0: get ready for my my follow ups, which are the greatest Gatsby, Mister Dalloway, and the bigger <laughs> and the bigger prince, <laughs> the really big prince.
1: That was good. That was really good.
3: All right, what are you gonna recommend? Or are those your recommendations that we yeah, should be Yeah, recommending my
0: things. For? No, I'm I'm gonna I am the, I am gonna recommend something that I worked on, um, which is. Tom Sharpling's book It Never Ends it's his memoir he's been working on it for ages and ages and ages and he really delivered it's a fantastic book even if you don't know who Tom Sharpling is it's one of those memoirs that's so funny and so inviting and so interesting and intriguing that i feel like even if you don't know him you could really fall into these pages and just laugh as soon as you start reading it it's a really great memoir um he wrote for so many things that are like your favorites everybody's favorites like we, uh what we do in the shadows and monk and um difficult people he's just one oh, of those writers that is behind the scenes for so many things and of course he has this long-running podcast which if i hadn't gotten obsessed with that podcast then this podcast wouldn't exist um so it never ends it's out now and i am tom's agent so Whatever. I'm just going to put that out there too. Uh, and also, I'm not, re- I didn't work on this book at all. It's really great. It comes out um, in August and it's called Night Bitch by Rachel Yoder. And uh, it's another novel about uh, a mom who may not be the best mom possibly, but she is um, worried that she is becoming a dog either like a werewolf like there's p- points in the book at the beginning where she's actually go- googling like signs that you're a werewolf
4: <laughs> <laughs> um
0: and it's just it's it starts out in a certain space that I wasn't sure that I wanted to be because I read it so close to after with teeth I was like do I really want to be in another mindset that's like this claustrophobic and someone who's having a hard time but then it takes this, Um, this hard right turn about like 40 pages in that was so surprising and exciting that I just like ate up the rest of the book Um, and people are excited about it and for good reason because it's really going to knock people's socks off when they read it so definitely pre-order or if this comes out after it's out then buy it because it's it's really great it's a great cover too it's just like one of those really striking it's just like a bit of big hunk of meat on a plate very memorable. And I can, with good conscience and good heart, recommend The Very Nice Box. It's oh. such a great novel Yeah, and it's just so surprising and fun and exciting. And it was such a great joy to read it. So thank you so much for for writing it.
2: Thank you so much. This was really, really This fun. was a blast. Thank you for having us on
4: your show.
0: Thanks for oh, coming. And the people at home, Uh, We really appreciate when you go and rate us on iTunes. That really helps with Al Gore's rhythm. And we also really like it when you, um, you know, go to our Patreon.com slash SMDB and give us money because that also helps keeps the lights on. I'm going to go do that right now. Awesome. And, I still can't get over the Al Gore joke. It's not mine. I Um, wish it were.
3: But still,
4: you said it, so it's your fault.